Well, it's always great to be able to be up here and, and, uh, and share. And uh, tonight I'm going to be talking on the topic or sharing on the topic of spiritual growth. So if you're taking notes tonight, my message, the title of the sermon is Spiritual Growth 101. Now, without a doubt, I believe that God's number one desire, if God's heartbeat, God's ultimate goal for all of humanity is that he would reach all of humanity, and we would come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, and we would be saved. How many of you guys can be, agree with that? Amen? I mean, it says in the Bible that before the foundations of the earth, God had already planned that Jesus was going to die, and he was going to be buried and resurrect from the dead so that we can then have faith in him and connect, be connected to the family of God. That is God's ultimate desire for all of humanity. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what race you're from. It doesn't matter what you know or you don't know. God's number one plan and desire for you is that you would know Jesus Christ. How many of you guys know Jesus Christ that are here, here this, in, this, in this place tonight? Awesome. I, I imagine that it was most of us. If, if you're here today and, and, and you're still thinking about that, I want you to know that God loves you. And that you're not here just by, a, you know, some coincidence, but you're here because God is trying to get a hold of you. And his, his heartbeat for you is that you would know Jesus because when you know Jesus, then you would be entering into the family of God and have life eternal. Not just the quantity of life, but the quality of life. That is God kind of life. So, so once, once that has happened, and most of us uh, can say that, with, with, with assurance that we know we've given our life to Jesus. The second thing that I personally believe that God's desire is for us is that we would be baptized. So many times in the New Testament you say that, you'll read that be saved and then be baptized. Be saved and then be baptized. And, and I believe that, that this is essential in the life of a believer. That, that this is the next step for you. And I'm talking about water baptism and I'm talking about spirit baptism too. This is something that will change your life. This is something that as you enter into the kingdom of God, you will be empowered. Baptism of water is a representation of what has happened in your heart, in your life by receiving Jesus Christ. You are dying to yourself, and you're not just staying dead. You don't just stay under the water, but you come back up, you resurrect, and you're living for God. It is a new life. So once you're saved, once you're baptized, how many of you guys in here have been baptized? Let me see your hand. I just want to gauge the crowd. Most of us, just like I... I imagine, and if you haven't been baptized, I think God's telling you tonight that that's your next step. If you receive Jesus Christ, then the next thing for you to do is take the next step of faith and be baptized. So you're saved, you're baptized, now what? And I believe God would say it's time to grow. It is time to grow. It doesn't matter uh, how long or how little. It's interesting to me. The subject of growth is very interesting to me because it doesn't happen at the same time or at the same degree or the same level for everybody. It's, it's, it's just interesting. There are some who have just entered into the family of God, and, and right away they just start growing, and God starts using them. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? And, and then, yet there are others who have been in church for years, for years, longer than I've been alive. I'm 29 years old, by the way. But yet are still spiritual babies. Can I, can I say that? Is that all right? Can you receive that? Is it okay if I preach it the way God, the way I heard the Holy Spirit tell it to me? Like there is still a lot of people in the church, doesn't matter how long you've been in church, it doesn't matter how much Bible you know, 
It doesn't ha- matter how good you can argue that are still spiritually, spiritual babies. Look at to what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3 verse 1. Paul had to deal with this then and, and it's, it's still true today. He said this, 1 Corinthians 3 1. And I, brethren, talking to the church, could not. He says, I, I, I won't. He says, I cannot speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. There's a little bit of frustration here in Paul because he's saying, you know, there's nothing wrong with this stage, by the way. There's, I mean, this is, this is the reality of being born into the kingdom of God. Is there, is, there is like a very close parallel to the physical stages of development and spiritual stages of development. There is a stage of babyhood where you are dependent, where someone has to feed you, where you have to be led and directed and helped very much so because you are at a station where there is ignorance and that's nothing bad. Uh, there is a lack of information, a lack of knowledge, and so you need a parent. You need a spiritual father. You need a spiritual mother. And so there's nothing wrong with this stage, but what Paul's addressing here, he's saying, you, by this time, church, you should have already grown out of babyhood. There should be some maturity taking place. Listen to this translation, the TLB translation, same verse. Dear brothers, I have been talking to you as though you were still just babies in the Christian life who are not following the Lord but your own desires. How many of you guys know about babies that they don't really care about the parent's desire? How many of you guys know that babies don't care that it's 2 in the morning and you're sleeping and you have to wake up early to go to work? They're hungry. And it doesn't matter what time of day. It doesn't matter that you're tired, it is the fact that they are needy. They're, they're, they are so, so conscious of their own desires. And that's what he's dealing with here. He says, I cannot talk to you as I would to healthy Christians who are filled with the Spirit. Now, I believe that this subject of spiritual growth is so interesting and it's so different because it's not automatic. It doesn't just happen because you have accepted Jesus and you have been baptized. It doesn't just happen because you come to church. It doesn't just happen because you love God. It is not automatic. Listen to this. It is dependent. Spiritual growth is dependent on our response to the things that have the potential to grow us. I'm going to say that again. Spiritual growth is dependent on us in our response to the things that have the potential to cause growth in our life. Let me give you a couple examples. Uh, Something that is healthy and can produce spiritual growth in your life is getting involved in the local church, in your church. That is giving of your time, giving of your talents, giving of the, the abilities that God has placed in you. And so within that involvement, opportunities will arise for you to learn and grow. Uh, it's, it's not enough just to be involved. And being involved is good. But this is a tool of growth. There are so much benefits from getting a lot involved. But spiritual growth is such a heart matter. And so within your involvement, your response would be being teachable. 
submitting to the vision within that ministry, being a team player, stepping out of your comfort zone. All of these things within your involvement is, can produce spiritual growth in your life. How many of you guys are following me? So it's so much determined on your response to whatever the factor or the thing is that can cause spiritual growth in your life. Another thing that has the potential to bring spiritual growth is when you go through difficult seasons in your life. I'm talking about tragedy. I'm talking about hardships. I'm talking about failure. I don't know about you, but I have failed big time in my life. Uh, persecution. Hard times of all kinds. When we go through difficult times, it presents the opportunity for spiritual growth. The, spiritual, the, the hard times in itself doesn't produce growth, but the difference is how we respond in these times. Uh, James says this. He says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. How many of you guys like that verse? Just out of curiosity. Is it on anybody's fridge or bumper or anything like that? I didn't think so. But, but James says, count it all joy. Get excited. Get happy. Like, this is something awesome. It's like, this, that's ridiculous. Why would you say that? But James has this perspective of growth. He says these trials can produce patience in your life. Patience is literally perseverance. And he says when you have patience and it has perfected its work, then it will help you to become mature and perfect in all of your ways. And so what is that? That is our response. That is the heart in this whole thing, this whole factor of this potential of growth. Another source of spiritual growth, and this is where really um, we're going to spend our time tonight, is, is, is the word of God. It is the Bible. 1 Peter 2.2 2 says this, As newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Now, now there's a contrast here. It's, it, it, Peter is not contradicting Paul. Because Paul, what he was talking about, is he's saying, you guys are acting like babies. And you shouldn't be. But Peter is saying, like newborn babies, crave and desire the milk of the word of God. Why? Because that is what will cause growth in your spiritual life. It doesn't matter if you're going through a good time or a hard time, if you're serving, if you're involved or not. The word of God will always present opportunities to bring enrichment in your life. The Bible says it will bring success in your life. It will bring you prosperity that goes beyond money and riches. It will bring a healthy spiritual heart and condition in your life. It is the word of God. And just like the other two things I mentioned, serving and volunteering, and just like uh, hardships and trials and all these difficult seasons, the way we read and hear the Bible is so vital concerning spiritual growth. Let me say it this way. Just because you're hearing the, 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 the Bible being preached, whether it's on Sunday morning with Pastor Duane or whether it's in your car ride or tonight, just because you're hearing the word or just because you're here and you're present doesn't guarantee that growth is going to come and that revelation is going to come. Why? Because it is very important in how we respond even to the word of God that will determine our level of spiritual growth. So I want to share with you three things regarding our relationship 
to the word of God that will produce growth in your life. Number one is that you have to accept it. Somebody say that with me. Accept it. All right, now say it. Uh, I was going to say it in Spanish. Más valor. Say it stronger. Accept it. All right. 1 Thessalonians 2.13. Listen to, listen to this. It says, and we also thank God continually because when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as a human word, but as it actually is the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. The word of God must be accepted and not just accepted as the word of men, but as the word of God. Anytime the word is preached and it's taught, it's an opportunity for growth to come, given that you have accepted the real source. Now let's get a little bit deeper. I believe one of the reasons why we're not uh, growing in regards to hearing the word of God is because we put more expectation on the speaker than we do on the, the real source who is God. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? We put more expectation on, on, on this. It's like, are you coming to service tonight? Well, I don't know who's speaking. You know, it depends. It depends. And, and I understand there's some importance to that. But ultimately, spiritual growth is dependent on, on you, on me. You know, if it's scripture, if it's, if it's the word, if it's something that is from the Bible, it doesn't matter who is up here as long as you have a spirit of faith, of expectation, of anticipation. And you're saying, it doesn't matter who's preaching tonight. I'm going to go and hear God. I'm going to hear a word from heaven and I'm going to be changed. I'm going to grow and I'm going to walk out a different person than when I came in. Amen. And it's, again, it is, it is accepting it as God. This is what Paul was exactly dealing with when he called the, the Corinthian church babies. In the context of that scripture, he starts to say, you know, there's so much strife and divisions among you guys. Some of you guys are saying that, no, I'm from Paul. and No, I'm from Apollos. And Paul's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you heard the word from. You know, I might have planted the seed. Paul might have watered. But you know what the real importance is here? God is the one who gives the increase. He's the one that gives the increase. And so you have to consider the source. Uh, I, I think another reason why we don't fully accept the authority of God's word coming not just from men but from God is because we don't fully understand the scriptures. But I want to tell you tonight that you don't have to understand the scriptures fully to be able to accept that it is from God. Uh, this is what the Bible says in Proverbs. It says what? Trust in the Lord. And lean not on your own understanding. So I don't think that you have to understand the scriptures fully to be able to trust that God is speaking to you. Uh, there are many things that we do and we don't understand it, yet we accept it. How many of you guys like to eat? I love to eat. Do you understand how digestion works? Not really. And do you care? Not really. All I care is that it works. That's all I need to know is that I eat and everything's going through and it's working, baby. I can keep eating. I don't have to understand it to accept it because I know that it's good. 
And so that is true in regarding the word of God is you don't have to understand everything. You just have to accept that it's from God, it's from heaven, and you have to know that it's good for you. That it produces life and it produces growth. It's a decision that you make by faith to accept it even when you don't understand it. In fact, in many instances, you won't have a revelation of that specific subject until you accept that it's from God. I really believe that. That the revelation might not come before that you, you accept it. Another reason we don't accept it is because uh, we may not agree with it. And it's okay to say, that's okay to admit that in your journey, in your walk, as you're going with God. It's like, I don't know if I can agree with that. That just kind of messes with my mind. Um, but depending on how long you've been following Jesus, it might look different for you in what you have agreed or what you have yet to agree with. It's like, you know, you come into a point of your life, you're like, you mean I have to forgive? Like, there's no way around it? Like, I have to? Or how about this one? You mean I have to pray for my president and my leaders? I'm not going to go on to that. I'll just leave that one right there. But that is what the Bible says, that we are to pray for those who are in authority, regardless of how you, what you agree with or not. This is, this is something that the Bible says. I remember probably one of the biggest things for me was uh, when I was first saved, and I was saved in the Spanish Pentecostal church, and I remember when I heard tongues for the very first time in my life. You know, and, and this is a Spanish church, and I didn't even really understand Spanish at the time, even though I'm Mexican. I didn't really understand Spanish. We just spoke English every, all the time in my house. And so, you know, we have these ladies, Mexican ladies, who are, who are pouring their hearts out to God, and they're, they're just being touched by the Holy Spirit, and they're praying in tongues. And I, I did not understand a bit, but here's what I thought. I was like, that's just how Mexican ladies cry. That's what I just figured. I was like, that's just how... Latina women cry. I, I didn't really understand. But there came a point in my life where I came to that in the scripture for myself. And whether I agreed, whether there was understanding, whether there was, it was logical to me or not, I knew that I had accepted it, that it is from God. And it doesn't matter my past, my upbringing. It doesn't matter my logic and my uh, approach to it, the fact that it's from God means that it is so important and I have to believe it and accept it. The thing that has to change in our life is not God's word. It is our mind. It is our belief system. It is our hearts. And so don't let understanding, don't let not agreeing or, or, or saying, I just don't know about that scripture. Don't let that stop you from accepting that this is God's word, that this is from heaven, because it can stunt your spiritual growth and it can limit what God has for your life. So the first one is accept it. The second one is assimilate it. Assimilate the word. Once you have decided to accept God's word no matter what, you must assimilate it in every area of your life. What do I mean by that? That is to absorb God's word. That is to study God's word. That is to take it in. There, you know, there is a scripture for everything in your life. It might not be a specific, this is what you do when this happens and that happens and this happens, but there are things that you can go to the Bible for and say, what does God have to say about that? And I'm going to take it because I have accepted it. Now it's time for me to absorb it 
and take it in. So start by allowing to come, the word of God to come through your ears and through your eyes. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that hearing word doesn't mean that it just happens one or two times, but it is a consistent thing that it is hearing and hearing and hearing. The more hearing that you do, the more faith is going to come and the more growth is going to come into your life. Now, in saying that, remember, spiritual growth has to do with your response. It has to do with the condition of your heart. Listen to what Jesus says in Luke 8, 18. He says, take heed to how you hear. It's not just about hearing. It is about how you are hearing. And this in context, this is in Luke 8, 18. Uh, Jesus had just finished sharing this parable of the sower to a great multitude, to many disciples, to a lot of people who came to listen to the teachings of Jesus. And he just told this parable about the sower. He says, the sower went out to sow a seed. Some fell by the wayside. It was trampled on. And the birds came and devoured it. Some fell on the rock. And when it sprang up, it withered away. Some fell among the thorns. And the thorns sprang up and it choked the seed. And some on the ground and yielded crop. So now Jesus had this awesome teaching of the parable. Bunch of people, multitude just listening to it. And they were super confused. Had no idea what he was talking about. And so immediately after that, the disciples came to Jesus and said, what does that mean? What does that mean? And he says this in Luke 8, 11. Jesus takes his disciples to the side and he teaches them. He breaks down this parable for them. And listen to what he says. He says, the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. That is what the seed is in this parable. And those by the wayside are the ones who hear. So here it is. It's not just a matter of hearing. It is how you hear. And so he says, these are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. This is, that didn't even fall on good ground. This didn't even hit any soil. It hit the wayside. The devil didn't even have to fight to take the word away. This is the seed that, this is the word when you're hearing that has no joy whatsoever. There is no faith at all. There is no expectation. There is absolutely no interest. And you're just hearing to hear. Now, I think that, you know, all of us have gone through that stage. You know, like, hey, what is this about? I'm not too sure about what that guy is talking about or about what my friend is trying to get me to do in receiving God. And, you know, I, I think there is a stage to that where you're just kind of, you know, interested. Uh, but there's got to be a time in your life if the word of God is going to work inside of you, if you're going to grow, if you're going to do something to where God can use you, there's got to be something mixed in with what you're hearing. And in this case, if it is just hearing to hear and there's no interest, no expectation, then the devil will come and just take it right away. And Jesus continues to talk and he says, verse 13, But the ones on the rock are those who when they hear, they receive the word with joy, and these have no root. These are the ones that have fell 
on the rock. This is how you're hearing. This is the condition of your heart. How are you responding to the word of God? Uh, I think it's important to get excited about God's word. I think it's important to receive it with joy. And Jesus says that they received it with joy. But it's not enough to receive it with joy because he said there was no root. There was no root. And so listen to this. For uh, in a time of temptation, they fall away. It's so amazing to me. I remember when I first got saved, I was like on fire, right? You're like, you're excited. God, you, you know, you heard God. You, you're seeing this change. Something just like fell off of you. This weight came out of your, off your body and your life. And you're just like telling everybody about Jesus. Everything is great. And then temptation comes. And it's just like, whoa. I didn't realize that I was still going to have to deal with this. But the reality is that you do. Just because you love Jesus and just because you've given your life to Jesus doesn't mean you're exempt from temptation and hardships. What is the difference? Roots. Roots. What does that mean? That means that you're allowing the word of God to go beyond surface level of your heart. There is vulnerability. There is openness. There is humility. There is this uh, God, whatever you have for me, God, I am receiving it. You are speaking to me. I am going to allow this. I'm not going to allow fear and doubt these rocks to stay in this garden of my heart. I'm going to clean that out, and I'm going to allow you to do what you need to do. Something that's so important and so interesting in this is that roots are underground and you don't see roots. You know, uh, a sign of a spiritual maturity is when you see the gifts and the fruits of the Spirit off of a believer. You know, the, the, the Bible talks about the fruits of the Spirit as love and patience and kindness and joy. And so you see that, but what you don't understand sometimes is that although you see the fruit, the fruit is connected to a strong tree. And that tree is strong and it's standing because it has strong, deep roots. And the roots are things that people don't see. The roots is when you're here listening and you know that God is speaking to you. And you might, have, you might not need to tell everybody about that, but you know that there is roots. There are things that God is doing in the depths of your heart and you're allowing him to go there with you. Strong roots. And so he continues in 14. He says, now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, they go out and are choked with the cares, the riches, and the pleasures of life, and they bring no fruit to maturity. And so he talks about how this is the thorny ground. It literally chokes the pleasures, the cares, the riches. What they do is they compete with what God is sowing and, and doing in your heart. And, you know, the, the thing about God is that he, he doesn't want to share your heart with all of these things. There's got to be a point in your life in regards to spiritual maturity that you say, I know what's good. And I might not understand and I might not agree entirely, but I know that this is good for me. And so I'm going to say that whatever God has for me is the real thing. And everything else is nothing but a counterfeit. And if it's going to continue in my life, it has the potential to choke the good thing, the good seed. Uh, and he continues to say this. He says in verse 15, but the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good, what? Heart. Keep it and bear fruit 
with patience. If you remember one thing tonight, remember that spiritual maturity has so much to do with the condition of your heart. There are so many tools when we can talk about spiritual maturity, Bible reading and prayer and getting involved. There are so many tools, but there is also a spirit of spiritual maturity. There is the condition of your heart with spiritual maturity. And so it has so much to do with the condition of your heart. And here is what you need to know. The condition of your heart is completely up to you. It is completely, well, you don't understand. Uh, you, don't, you know, I've, I've gone through this and I've gone through that. I might not understand that, but God does. And he has given you the authority, he has given you the will to shape and change and humble yourself and prepare your heart so that you can receive what God has for you. That's why Jesus said at the end of this, that was, Luke, that was uh, verse 15 that we read. Verse 18 in that same chapter, he says, so take heed how you hear. It's not just about hearing. It's not just about going through hard things. It's not just about serving and getting involved. It's about the condition of your heart in all of that. It is about how you hear, and God is calling us to grow. The third thing is apply it. So we have accept it, assimilate it, and apply it. James 1.22 says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. This is the order. Accept it, assimilate it, and then apply it. Now this is where growth starts to show when you put action in your life, when you put the word of God to work in your life. And I think that we can easily overthink this part. You know, we think about like, I, I believe that a lot of us are here. It's like, man, we've accepted it. You don't have to convince me, man. I, I'm, I'm putting it in my life. I'm here tonight. But it's that doing thing. It's that applying thing. It's like I know what I should do. It's like you're like relating to Paul when he says, I know what I should do, but I don't do it. Like this wretched man that I am. But this, this applying thing, I believe that we, it's easy to overthink it because once you've determined and you have decided to accept God's word, and you have assimilated and you continue to do that every day, then what is left but just to do what you have already accepted and believed? I believe that you have to do it by faith. You have to apply God's word by faith. What do I mean by that? Don't wait for a feeling. Don't wait for an angel to come down and to say, hey, you ought to walk in love and you ought to forgive and you ought to do this. You're waiting for confirmation. Don't wait until you're a Greek scholar to start applying the word of God. Don't wait until things get tough and you have no other option in your life to start applying God's word. You start with what you know. You start with what you're at, where you're at. And that is the beauty about growth. It's like everybody starts at the same place, but... Whether you've been in church and you've been serving God for 50 years or for 50 days, wherever you are, you can start right there with what you do know and start growing. You just have to do it. You just have to do it. And so here, here's what happens is once, once you start to do it, you start to see that it actually works. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? And once you see that it actually works then you start to do it. It's kind of like if you go to the gym and you start to see results. I mean, the first couple months is kind of difficult, but then you start to see results. And then that encourages you to keep going even though you don't really feel like it because it's like, man, this works. This works. 
It's, I mean, how much more the word of God when you say, you know, I might not agree so much, but I accepted it. I, I have it in my life. And so now what I do have, I'm applying it. I'm going to just do what God's word says to do, even if I don't feel it, even if the stars don't line up for me and an angel talks to me at night, even if I'm still having a good time and problems haven't came yet, I can still apply the word of God in my life. And that's what the Bible means when it says we walk by faith and not by sight. You see, we don't walk like everyone else. When it says to, that you walk by faith, it is not literally walking. It is a lifestyle. It is the way of life. We don't walk like everyone else. I'm not saying that we're better than everyone else, but I am saying that we're better off than anyone else because we have God's word and we have Jesus inside of us. And so I don't know about you, but I'm determined to grow. I want to be changed. I want to be growing. I, I don't want to be uh, in the same level of spiritual maturity that I was last year today. And I don't want to be in the same level next year that I am today because growth is dependent on me. It is dependent on the condition of my heart. It is dependent on how I, what I decide to do. And when you start growing, God starts doing things through you. You know, it's, you, you, you come from this, this babyhood stage and you realize that, you know what, it's, it, there's a time where I start to go and I start to dig into God's word. I start to, to apply it in my life. I start to work it in my life. I start to see it. And then God starts to use you and God's kingdom starts to expand because there is a healthy Christian. And like Paul, God will be able to speak to you and he will be able to do things unto you as unto spiritual healthy Christian believers that are moving and doing something for God. Amen, somebody. Let's pray together tonight. Father, we thank you for this time, Jesus. Lord, we're here tonight because we love you. And I believe that this, this, the people that are here tonight know that you are speaking, God. They know that this is your word. They have, they're accepting it into you, Lord, in, into their hearts that it's from you. And I pray, Jesus, that, that you would help us examine and evaluate the conditions of our hearts. Jesus, may we understand and accept the responsibility that that is up to us. And Jesus, the reality is that maybe somebody, for some people, it might be more difficult to trust. It might be more difficult to assimilate and to hear and to apply your word. But I thank you for your Holy Spirit, Jesus. And I pray that you would empower us here tonight, everybody listening to my voice. I pray, Lord, that you would give us a desire and a craving like newborn babies have to their milk. Would you give us that craving and that desire, that waking up in the middle of the night crying for more desire for your word. And I pray, Jesus, that as we apply it, God, I thank you for signs and miracles and wonders. I thank you, Lord, that you are the one that sees that your word will not return void. I thank you for a spirit of faith and expectation. I thank you for growth in this place. I thank you for healthy believers in this church who are teachable, humble, moldable, 
not just centered of themselves, but growing and being used by you for your kingdom. If you accept that tonight, say amen. Now in the same attitude of prayer, would you just continue to bow your heads and close your eyes? If you're here tonight and you have not yet accepted Jesus in your heart, if you have not yet fulfilled God's number one desire to be a part of his family, to be saved, what does that mean? That is to have eternal life. That is to know that when you, if you die tonight that you will wake up in heaven in Jesus' presence. That is to know that you will have God kind of life inside of you and you can have that tonight just as you are by accepting Jesus in your heart with every eye closed and every head bowed I want to ask if there's anybody in this place that says pray for me I want to make that decision I want to accept Jesus I want this what you are talking about would you just raise your hand very high so I can see it is there anybody here that says pray for me I want to receive Jesus. I want to be a part of his family. Anybody in this place? Raise your hand nice and high. Amen. Amen. Well, that means everybody's saved. And everybody is ready, stirred up, and ready to grow. Amen? All right, let's give it up for Jesus. Thank you so much.